0: Letter 115 of Letters of John Keats to His Family and Friends Edited by Sidney Colvin This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nemo To John Taylor, Winchester, September 5, 1819 My dear Taylor, This morning I received yours of the second, and with it, a letter from hesse enclosing a bank post bill of thirty pound an ample sum i assure you more i had no thought of you should not have delayed so long in fleet street leading an inactive life as you did was breathing poison you will find the country air do more for you than you expect but it must be proper country air you must choose a spot What sort of a place is Redford? You should have a dry, gravelly, barren, elevated country, open to the currents of air, and such a place is generally furnished with the finest springs. The neighborhood of a rich, enclosed, fulsome, manured, arable land, especially in a valley, and almost as bad on a flat, would be almost as bad as the smoke of Fleet Street. Such a place as this was Shanklin, only open to the southeast and surrounded by hills in every other direction from the SOUTHEAST came the damps of the sea, which, having no egress, the air would for days together take on an unhealthy idiosyncrasy altogether enervating and weakening as a city smoke. I felt it very much since I have been here at Winchester. I have been improving in health, it is not so confined, and there is on one side of the city a dry chalky down, where the air is worth sixpence a pint. So if you do not get better at Redford, do not impute it to your own weakness, before you have well considered the nature of the air and soil, especially as autumn is encroaching, for the autumn fog over rich land is like the steam from cabbage water what makes the great difference between valesmen flat landmen and mountaineers the cultivation of the earth in a great measure our health temperament and disposition are taken more notwithstanding the contradiction of the history of cain and abel from the air we breathe than is generally imagined see the difference between a peasant and a butcher i am convinced a great cause of it is the difference of the air they breathe the one takes his mingled with the fume of slaughter the other from the dank exhalement from the glebe the teeming damp that comes up from the plough furrow is of great effect in taming the fierceness of a strong man more than his labour let him be mowing firs upon a mountain and at the day's end his thoughts will run upon a axe if he ever had handled one let him leave the plough and he will think quietly of his supper agriculture is the tamer of men the steam from the earth is like drinking their mother's milk it enervates their nature this appears a great cause of the imbecility of the chinese and if this sort of atmosphere is a mitigation to the energy of a strong man how much more must it injure a weak one unoccupied unexercised for what is the cause of so many men maintaining a good state in cities but occupation an idle man a man who is not sensitively alive to self-interest in a city cannot continue long in good health this is easily explained if you were to walk leisurely through an unwholesome path in the fens with a little horror of them you would be sure to have your ague but let macbeth cross the same path with a dagger in the air leading him on and he would never have an ague or anything like it you should give these things a serious consideration Not, i believe is a flat county you should be on the slope of one of the dry barren hills in somershire i am convinced there is as harmful air to be breathed in the country as in town i am greatly obliged to you for your letter perhaps if you had strength and spirits enough You would have felt offended by my offering a note of hand or rather expressed it however i am sure you will give me credit for not in any ways mistrusting you or imagining that you would take advantage of any power i might give you over me no it proceeded from my serious resolve not to be a gratuitous bower from a great desire to be correct in money manners to have in my desk the chronicles of them to refer to and know my worldly non-estate. Besides, in case of my death, such documents would be but just, if merely as memorials of the friendly turns I had done to me. Had I known of your illness, I should not have written in such a fiery phrase in my first letter. I hope that shortly you will be able to bear six times as much. Brown likes the tragedy very much, but he is not a fit judge of it. As i have only acted as midwife to his plot and of course he will be fond of his child i do not think i can make you any extracts without spoiling the effect of the whole when you come to read it i hope you will then not think of my labour misspent since i finished it i have finished lamia and now occupied in revising saint agnes's eve and studying italian erosto i find is diffuse in parts of spencer i understand completely the difference between them i will cross the letter with some lines from lamia brown's kindest remembrance to you and i am ever your most sincere friend john keats a haunting music soul perhaps in lone, supportress of the fairy roof made moan throughout is fearful the whole charm might fade fresh carved cedar, mimicking a glade, of palm and plantain met from either side, and the high mitts in honor of the bride. Two palms, and then two plantains, and so on. From either side their stems branched one to one. All down the aisled place, and beneath all, there ran a stream of lamps straight on from wall to wall. So canopied lay an untasted feast, teeming of perfume. Lamia regal dressed silvery paced about and as she went missioned her viewless servants to enrich the splendid finish of each nook and niche between the tree-stems wainscoted at first came jasper panels then anon there burst forth creeping imagery of slighter trees and with the larger wove in small intricacies and so till she was sated then came down soft lighting on her head a brilliant crown wreathed turban wise of tender wanish fire and sprinkled o'er with stars like tiar. approving all she faded at self-will and shut the chamber up close hushed and still complete and ready for the revels rude when dreadful guest would come to spoil her solitude the day came soon, and all the gossip rout. O oh, senseless Lysias! This is a good sample of this story. Brown is gone to Chichester, a visiting. I shall be alone here for three weeks, expecting accounts of your health. End of Letter 115